When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Kennedy Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host, Allison, and today I decided to do something special. I normally don't release episodes this early in the week, but it's Halloween, and Halloween's awesome, and I got a request a while back for a Halloween episode talking about the Kennedys and how they celebrated, and I was like, that's fun, so you're welcome. Here's a Halloween episode on Halloween. But before I get to that, I have to add an in the news because this is huge to me and to everybody, I feel like, and I feel like it had to be this week since it just happened. Big news story of the past seven days. This is from NBC News. In an exclusive interview with Meet the Press, Governor Gavin Newsom tells Chuck Todd that the decision over whether to release Bobby Kennedy's assassin, Sirhan Sirhan, is tough for him and that he will weigh the opinions of Ethel Kennedy. And it says this was on October 21st, 2021. I'm going to insert a clip from that interview right now. The Sirhan Sirhan decision. Is this a is this a decision? That's a tough one. What makes I mean, it tough? It's interesting. It's what interesting it you it's interesting you ask the question, and I, I don't laugh to be dismissive. I laugh because that's a hard one for me. Bobby Kennedy. It's my, all on you, my, right? Bobby Kennedy is my political hero. I mean, you yeah. look at my house; it looks like a shrine to the Kennedy family, and Bobby in particular. It's and we wonder why you you wonder why some of us ask you if you're interested in running for president. Well, I mean, I just but I I'm not attached to the evocative idealism of the '60s. I mean, there's right. something about that service, contribution, mm-hmm. opportunity. I mean, was something beautiful there that we need to attach ourselves to again. But that said, um, this is hard because I believe in redemption. Mm-hmm. I believe in second chances. At the same time. Man, he took away dreams. Mm-hmm. Uh, he took away a lot of hope. Um, and this country, this world is radically changed as a consequence. And I have to factor that in. So I... I, I what about the family? This is hard. What and about the family? They're, some, you could, some you could say they're, they're, not, they're not divided evenly. Does that no. matter to you? Uh, profoundly. Yeah. Come on, Bobby's wife. Right. Uh, if, if I want to preview a point of view... That's going to be profoundly determined. Ethel Kennedy matters a if lot. If Ethel Kennedy calls me up uh, and expresses her point of view, um, there's weight and there, there's a different level in weightiness of weight. Uh, and that's a call from Ethel Kennedy. And I'm not looking for that call, right. but I'm very desirous to get a better understanding of where she is as it relates when to When do you have decision. to make this decision? Um, it hasn't been formally uh, brought uh, to my desk, so it's in a matter of months. But it's, it's coming up, and um, it's... Uh, it's generated a lot of interest. I've never, I'll tell you, it's really, you ask this question, I've gotten emails and text messages from folks that are some of the most heartfelt and deep and emotional. On both sides of the issue? On both sides of this mm-hmm. issue. It's a very, it hits home because. John Hinckley's out right now. Does that matter to you? In yeah, this it's decision? interesting that people brought that up. Yeah. Uh, it matters, but uh, Bobby's loss carries a different weight. And again, I, I, I'll remind you, uh, not only do I have, a shrine of sorts, that's exaggerated, but pictures of Bobby Kennedy. But the most valuable thing I own in my life is a picture of my dad, who's passed away, and Bobby Kennedy, signed to my mother, who passed away, Tessa, from Bobby Kennedy. And it was done just a few months before he died. So this one, uh, this one's a tough one. All right, let's get to some fun Halloween stuff. So 
I did research on the Kennedys first, and then I saw that the White House Historical Association had a few articles on Halloween traditions and some spooky stories in the White House, so I had to add that as well. So I'm going to start out with the White House, then get to the Kennedys, pretty much. I will be reading and relying heavily on these sources from the White House Historical Association because, well, they're facts and they're kind of no other way that I could word anything other than what they gave me. So I will be reading from them. Great sources. Uh, I encourage you to go look at the photos and stuff that go along with them. According to the White House Historical Association, Halloween celebrations at the White House began in 1958, which would have been during Dwight Eisenhower's administration, when First Lady Mamie Eisenhower decorated the White House for the occasion. So they had skeletons and jack-o'-lanterns and the dried stalks of corn and all kinds of stuff like that. And then from there, it just kind of took off. So the Kennedys actually began the tradition of hosting a trick-or-treat Halloween event along with a private family party for friends and staff. And larger events have been held on the grounds of the White House for Halloween ever since the Kennedys did that. But according to this article, it says Halloween took on more significance during the Richard Nixon administration as the first family hosted a series of public events for kids. So they did a bunch of fun parties and stuff at the White House uh, around the Halloween season. And I'm not going to read on the rest of these because it's kind of the same kind of thing. But basically, since the Eisenhowers started decorating for Halloween and the Kennedys kind of took it on as a tradition and made it a, a thing to celebrate within the White House, every president since then has done their own thing, which is super cool. But here's where it got interesting and spooky. There are notorious ghost stories and legends that have happened in the White House. And I don't know how I didn't know this, but I didn't until now. And I just think it's so interesting. I mean, I'm talking like Ghost of Abraham Lincoln. I'm talking crazy stuff going on. So I found an awesome article on that that I will be referencing here. Okay, so this is where like the origin stories kind of come for this. It says in 1862 to 1863, Mary Todd Lincoln was grieving over her son Willie's death in February, which Willie died within the White House and began participating in spirit circles or seances in the Red Room at the White House and the presidential cottage at the soldier's home, which creepy. So spiritualism was wildly popular during the height of the Civil War as families sought comfort for the loss of their loved ones. And then you skip a little bit forward in 1901 to 1904, Jeremiah, who's called Jerry Smith, started working at the White House during the Ulysses S. Grant administration in the late 1860s as a footman and served as footman, butler, cook, doorman, and official duster until his retirement approximately 35 years later. A popular character and storyteller, reporters could always count on Smith on a slow news day. He claimed to have seen the ghost of Lincoln, Grant, McKinley, and several first ladies. And then it says in 1911, there was one little known spirit in the unidentified 15-year-old boy called The Thing that greatly frightened the Taft domestic staff in 1911. President Taft's military aide, may <laughs> y'all get a load of this name, oh my gosh, Major Archibald Butt. <laughs> like, I'm older than 12, but oh my God, that's a name and a half. And I'm so sorry if I'm offending some Archibald Butts out there. <laughs> If you guys have that as the kind of family name, but that is a name and a half. So anyway, President Taft's military aide, Major Archibald Bud. I can't get through it. 
Why? What is wrong with me? Okay. Anyway, he wrote to his sister Clara, the ghost, it seems, is a young boy about 14 or 15 years old. They say that the first knowledge one has of the presence of the thing is a slight pressure on the shoulder, as if someone were leaning over your shoulder to see what you might be doing. President Taft ordered Butt to tell the White House staff that the first member to repeat stories about the thing would be fired. Okay, so here's the list of ghost lore and sightings. I don't know why I'm so into this, but I am. It's so much fun. Okay. So Abraham Lincoln, he appears in the Lincoln bedroom and yellow oval room. First Lady Grace Coolidge, Prime Minister Winston Churchill, and Queen Wilhelmina of the Netherlands claim to have seen Abraham Lincoln. And then Willie Lincoln, who died in the White House, was seen in the White House by staff members of the Grant administration in the 1870s. Then Andrew Jackson, supposedly lying in his bed in the Queen's room, which is the Rose Room, lets out a guttural laugh that has been heard in the White House since the 1860s. Mary Todd Lincoln claimed to have heard Jackson stomping and swearing. Imagine walking by a hall in the White House and hearing a guttural laugh from Andrew Jackson. Ooh, no. Also, Thomas Jefferson plays his violin in the yellow oval room. So I guess he and Abraham Lincoln just have an old party in the oval room. Dolly Madison protects the Rose Garden. John Tyler haunts the Blue Room, proposing to Julia Gardner, his second wife. William Henry Harrison haunts the attic. He was the first president to die in the White House, too. Abigail Adams hung laundry in the East Room, and contemporary staff can smell wet laundry in the scent of lavender. That just gave me chills. That's creepy. Unnamed British soldier who perished during the War of 1812 roams the White House gardens holding a torch. David Burns owned the land on which the White House now stands, and he has been seen or heard in the Yellow Oval Room. Man, the Yellow Oval Room is bumping. Like, that is a party and a half for the spirits. It's like the Haunted Mansion when you, you know, in Disney, when you're going through the ride in the Haunted Mansion, and then you get to that ballroom scene, and they're all dancing and stuff. That's kind of how I'm picturing um, the Yellow Oval Room, except with all of our forefathers. <laughs> so maybe that's a new ride for Disney World. I'll pitch it to the Imagineers. Anyway, back to it. Anna Surratt, Surratt bangs on the doors of the White House, pleading to see President Andrew Johnson because she was there to beg for a pardon for her mother, Lincoln assassination conspirator Mary Surratt. So that is the White House Historical Association spiel on Halloween and spirits and spookies and all the things. So thank you to them for writing such awesome articles that I could reference here. They're always a great source. Now here I'm going to insert a clip from... Well, the clip aired on the Today Show, but it's from Jenna Bush Hager sharing a creepy story about a haunting in the White House and her experience with it on The Kelly Clarkson Show. The one and only Jenna Bush Hager. Jenna was on the, she's going to be on The Kelly Clarkson Show later this afternoon. They played a fun game of true or false. And when Kelly asked Jenna if it's true that there are ghosts in the White House, Jenna recalled her and Barbara's scary experience hearing 1920s piano music just starting to play out of nowhere from the fireplace while they were in bed. It was the middle of the night and you could feel the music out of the fireplace. And I know we tried to talk ourselves out of it too. Like I can see you, what do you think? Um, what I think is I would have immediately exited the premises. <laughs> oh, we jumped into each other's beds and oh. were terrified. You say 1920s piano music and that is literally like a horror film to me, like late in the night. It was definitely terrifying. Oh my gosh, yeah, no, I'm good. I've been there once, I definitely won't be visiting again. Okay, so now that we've gotten through all that, let's get to the very iconic and viral Kennedy Halloween of 1963. Now, that's the one where you can see it's Jackie wearing basically like a black trash bag over her head. And then she has her sister-in-law, Jane Kennedy Smith, with her. And she's wearing like a red one over her head. And the kids are dressed as, I'm looking at it right now. It's kind of hard to identify exactly what they're dressed as. But John Jr. looks like he's wearing like a, a skeleton 
suit and then like a clown mask. And Caroline's wearing what I think is like a witch costume, I think. But they are incognito, I will say that. And they're wearing red rain boots. So this was the iconic photos. You kind of, if you if you go look at the JFK Library and their album on it, you see the kids running around having fun in the Oval Office, eating candy, uh, holding a black cat with their cousin Maria Shriver. It just looks like a very American Halloween. Gene Kennedy Smith actually spoke to Town & Country several years ago and said, as much as possible, Jackie wanted her children to have the experience of typical American children. So one Halloween, she decided that we would dress up and take them trick-or-treating around Washington, D.C. Worried that Jackie would be recognized by her distinctive voice, I was always the person to knock on the door and pronounce trick-or-treat, Smith said. Then she goes on and says, We made it through several houses anonymously until someone spotted the Secret Service and our cover was blown. Still we, and most importantly the children, had a marvelous time. These pictures always kind of evoke emotion for me because it looks like like my family's Halloweens. And it's just very, like I said before, typical American Halloween. Kids having fun with their parents. You can look inside the Kennedy White House and see such a normal family, even though it's literally the president of the United States and who we and our culture and Camelot and everything has built this machine around this alluring presidency. But you can see in a window into their lives that's so very normal, if that makes any sense. I very much encourage you to go look at all of them and see that 60s Halloween style. And it's just really cool to look at. And like I said, go read these articles from the White House Historical Association. They've got some photos on there and it's just really cool to look at. I hope you've enjoyed this very special Halloween episode. I hope that you have a very fun Halloween, whether you celebrate or you don't. I hope you have a great day regardless and keep it spooky. Come on and vote for Kennedy, vote for Kennedy, keep America strong. Kennedy, he just keeps rolling up. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts.